Chapter Seventeen of the Deluge, Volume Two. This is the LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elsie Selwyn. The Deluge, Volume Two by Heinrich Senkovich, translated by Jeremiah Curtin, eighteen thirty-five to nineteen o six. Chapter Seventeen. After these solemnities, various tidings flew into Lvoff like winged birds. There were older and fresh tidings more or less favorable, but all increased courage. First the confederation of Taishvatsi grew like a conflagration, every one living joined it, nobles as well as peasants. Towns furnished wagons, firearms, and infantry, the Jews money. No one dared to oppose the manifestos, the most indolent mounted. There came also a terrible manifesto from Wittenberg, turned against the confederation, fire and sword were to punish those who joined it this manifesto produced the same effect as if a man tried to quench flames with powder the manifesto with the knowledge assuredly of the king and to rouse hatred more thoroughly against the swedes was scattered through Lvoff in great numbers and it is not becoming to state what common people did with the copies it suffices to say that the wind bore them terribly dishonored through the streets of the city and the students showed to the delight of the crowds Wittenberg's confusion, singing at the same time the song beginning with these words, O oh, Wittenberg, poor man, race across over the sea, like a hare, but when thy buttons are lost, thou wilt drop down thy trousers while racing away. And Wittenberg, as if making the words of the song true, gave up his command in Krakow to the valiant Wurzt, and betook himself hurriedly to Elblang, where the king of sweden was sojourning with the queen spending his time at feasts and rejoicing in his heart that he had become the lord of such an illustrious kingdom accounts came also to Lvoff of the fall of tykotsin and minds were gladdened it was strange that men had begun to speak of that event before a courier had come only they did not say whether radzivill had died or was in captivity it was asserted however that sapia at the head of a considerable force had gone from to Lubelsk to join the hetmans that on the road he was beating the swedes and growing in power every day at last envoys came from sapieha himself in a considerable number for the voyevoda had sent neither less nor more than one whole squadron to be at the disposal of the king desiring in this way to show honor to the sovereign to secure his person from every possible accident and perhaps specially to increase his significance the squadron was brought by volodyvovsky well known to the king so jan kazimir gave command that he should stand at once in his presence and taking pan michael's head between his hands he said i greet thee famous soldier much water has flowed down since we lost sight of thee i think that we saw thee last at Beresteko, all covered with blood pan michael bent to the knees of the king, and said, It was later in Warsaw, gracious lord, also in the castle with the present castellan of Kief, Pan Charnyetsky. But are you serving all the time? Had you no desire to enjoy leisure at home? No, for the commonwealth was in need, and besides in these public commotions my property has been lost. I have no place in which to put my head, gracious lord but I am not sorry for myself, thinking that the first duty of a soldier is to the king and the country. Ah, would there be more such? 
the enemy would not be so rich god grant the time for rewards will come but now tell me what you have done with the voivoda of vilna the voivoda of vilna is before the judgment of god the soul went out of him just as we were going to the final storm how was that here is pan sapieha's report said volodyvovsky the king took sapieha's letter and began to read he had barely begun when he stopped pan sapieha is mistaken said he when he writes that the grand baton of lithuania is unoccupied it is not for i give it to him there is no one more worthy said pan michael and to your royal grace the whole army will be grateful till death for this deed the king smiled at the simple soldierly confidence and read on after a while he sighed and said radzivill might have been the first pearl in this glorious kingdom if pride in the errors which he committed had not withered his soul it is accomplished inscrutable are the decisions of god radzivill and opalinsky almost in the same hour judge them o lord not according to their sins but according to thy mercy silence followed then the king again began to read we are thankful to the voivoda said he when he had finished for sending a whole squadron and under the greatest cavaliers as he writes but i am safe here and cavaliers especially such as you are more needed in the field rest a little and then i will send you to assist charnyetsky for on him evidently the greatest pressure will be turned we have rested enough already at tykotsin gracious lord said the little knight with enthusiasm if our horses were fed a little we might move to-day for with charnyetsky there will be unspeakable delights it is a great happiness to look on the face of our gracious lord but we are anxious to see the swedes the king grew radiant a fatherly kindness appeared on his face and he said looking with pleasure on the sulphurous figure of the little knight you were the first soldier to throw the baton of a colonel at the feet of the late prince Bovoda. not the first your royal grace but it was the first and god grant the last time for me to act against military discipline pan michael stopped and after a while added it was impossible to do otherwise certainly said the king that was a grievous hour for those who understood military duty but obedience must have its limits beyond which guilt begins did many officers remain in with radzivill in tykotsin we found only one officer pan charlamp who did not leave the prince at once and who did not wish afterward to desert him in misery compassion alone kept charlamp with radzivill for natural affection drew him to us we were barely able to restore him to health such hunger had there been in tykotsin and he took the food from his own mouth to nourish the prince he has come here to Lvov to implore pardon of your royal grace, and I too fall at your feet for him. He is a tried and good soldier. Let him come hither, said the king. He has also something important to tell, which he heard in Kaidani from the mouth of Prince Boguslav, and which relates to the person of your royal grace, which is sacred to us. Is this about Kamita? yes gracious lord did you know kamita i knew him and fought with him but where he is now i know not what do you think of him gracious lord since he undertook such a deed there are no torments of which he is not worthy for he is an abortion of hell 
that story is untrue said the king it is all an invention of prince Boguslav. but putting that affair aside what do you know of kmita in times previous he was always the great soldier and in military affairs incomparable he used to steal up to Havinsky so that with a few hundred people he brought the whole force of the enemy to misery no other man could have done that it is a miracle that the skin was not torn from him and stretched over a drum if at that time someone had placed prince Radizivil himself in the hands of Havinsky, he would not have given him so much pleasure as he would have had he made a present of kmita why it went so far that kmita ate out of Havinsky's camp chests slept on his rugs rode in his sleighs and on his horse but he was an infliction on his own people too terribly self-willed like pan lashkish he might have lined his cloak with sentences and in kaidani he was lost altogether here volodyovsky related in detail all that had happened in kaidani jan kazimir listened eagerly and when at last pan michael told how zagloba had freed first himself and then all his comrades from radzivill's captivity the king held his sides for laughter we are in koparabilis we are in koparabilis an incomparable man he repeated but is he here with you at the command of your royal grace answered volodyovsky that noble surpasses ulysses bring him to me to dinner for a pleasant hour and also the shushutskis and now tell me what you know more of kmita from letters from anro kolvaski we learned that we were sent to Brugi to die the prince pursued us afterward and tried to surround us but he did not take us we escaped luckily and that was not all for not far from kaidani we caught kmita whom i sent at once to be shot oh said the king i see that you had sharp work there in lithuania but first pan zagloba had him searched to find letters on his person in fact a letter from the hetman was found in which we learned that it had not been for kmita we should not have been taken in Burgi, but would have been shot without delay in kaidani but you see said the king in the view of that we could not take his life we let him go what he did further i know not but he did not leave radezivil at that time god knows what kind of man he is it is easier to form an opinion of anyone else than of such a whirlwind he remained with radezivil and then went somewhere later he warned us that the prince was marching from kaidani it is hard to belittle the notable service he did us for had it not been for that warning radezivil would have fallen on unprepared troops and destroyed the squadrons one after the other i know not myself gracious lord what to think whether that was a calumny which prince Boguslav uttered that will appear at once said the king and he clapped his hands call hither pan babinich said he to a page who appeared on the threshold the page vanished and soon the door of the king's chamber opened and in it stood pan andrei Volodyovsky did not know him at once, for he had changed greatly and grown pale as he had not recovered from the struggle in the past. Pan Michael therefore looked at him without recognition. It is a wonder, said he at last, were it not for the thinness of lips and because your royal grace gives another name, I should say this is Pan Kmita. The king smiled and said, This little knight has just told me of a terrible disturber of that name but i explained as on my palm that he was deceived in his judgment and i am sure that pan babini will confirm what i say 
gracious lord answered babanich quickly one word for your grace will clear that disturber more than my greatest oath and the voice is the same said pan michael with growing astonishment but that wound across the mouth was not there worthy sir answered camina the head of a noble is a register on which sometimes a man's hand writes with a sabre and here's your note recognize it he bowed his head shaven at the sides and pointed at the long whitish scar my hand cried volodyovsky but i say that you do not know kamita put in the king how is that gracious lord for you know a great soldier but a self-willed one an associate in the treason of radisville but here stands the hector of chetsanova to whom next to kordetsky yasna gora owes most here stands the defender of the country and my faithful servant who covered me with his own breast and saved my life when in the past i had fallen among the swedes as among wolves such is this new kamita know him and love him for he deserves it volodyovsky began to move his yellow moustaches not knowing what to say and the king added and know that not only did he promise prince Boguslav nothing but he began on him the punishment for radzivill intrigues for he seized him and intended to give him into your hands and he warned us against prince yanush cried volodyovsky what angel converted you embrace each other said the king i loved you at once said kmita to volodyovsky then they fell into each other's embraces and the king looked on them and pursed out his lips with delight time after time as was his habit but kmita embraced the little knight with such feeling that he raised him as he would a cat and not soon did he place him back on his feet then the king went to the daily council for the two hetmans of the kingdom had come to live off they were to form the army there and lead it later to the aid of charnyetsky and the confederate divisions marching under various leaders throughout the country the knights were alone come to my quarters said volodyovsky you will find there pan yan pan stanislav and zagloba who will be glad to hear what the king has told me there too is charlamp but kmita approached a little knight with great disquiet on his face did you find many people with radisville asked he of officers charlamp alone was there I do not ask about the military, but about women. I know what you mean, answered Pan Michael, flushing somewhat. Prince Boguslav took Panna Bilevich to Tarugi. Kamita's face changed at once. First it was pale as parchment, then purple, and again whiter than before. He did not find words at once, but his nostrils quivered while he was catching breath, which apparently failed in his breast. Then he seized his temples with both hands, and running through the room like a madman began to repeat, Woe to me! Woe! Woe! Come, Charlamp will tell you better, for he was present, said Volodyovsky. End of chapter 17 Recording by Elsie Selwyn